You're listening to the Eat Scripture Podcast with Eric and Gina Robinson. We're going through a series on the Psalms. Mm-hmm. And um, today we're going to look at Psalm 57. Yep. I'm really excited about that. This psalm is um, an individual lament mm-hmm. that right. rises out of the persecution that David um, felt under Saul. Right. Yes. Um, in fact, is associated either with 1 Samuel 22.1 or 24.3, mm-hmm. yeah. where we have instances of David being uh, in kind a cave. Hold up in a yeah, cave. Yeah, hold up in a cave and hiding from Saul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in danger. So, um, just makes for an interesting backdrop. But uh, it has two refrains in it that both end in the same verses 5 and 11 are the verses that say, Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Right. Let your glory be over all the earth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, um, it's just, I really love this psalm. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. And that refrain is, um, I don't know, I just love it. Yeah, it's a great refrain and it's kind of an easy way to keep, to put a handle on it uh, literally and kind of mm-hmm. see that he's got a very patterned out way of putting this down. So it helps us get our bearings for what he's doing on a literary level, which we'll talk about as we go through, but just gives uh, us a little map. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you read it in a minute for us, um, if our listeners want to just listen to it, kind of, it helps you feel maybe where, where the breaks would be like Dorsey has this in three parts, this song broken into three parts and you might kind of be able to mm-hmm. feel those three parts, especially, um, as we, as your mind kind of centers on those two refrains in verse yeah. 5 and 11. Anyway, something so, to consider as you listen. Anyway. I'm excited about discussing this a little bit further. Mm-hmm. We just want to thank you for being here with us and mm-hmm. listening and um, sharing our podcast with others. Yes. Thank you. Just getting into the Word. Love to thing. do that with y'all. And so glad you join us. And uh, always, you can go to eatscripture.com, uh, look at more things about our ministry, or send us a note if you like, which we would love to see. And uh, let us know if this is helpful to you in any way, or you can share it with a friend or share it on Facebook or whatever social media. But we appreciate it very much, especially if you can give us a review on iTunes or something. That would be um, really, really helpful. That's what really makes our. Uh, listenership or potential listenership uh get to know about us a little bit so thank you for all of that um we are now going to start reading this psalm let's read through this thing um, from verse 1 through 11 and then we'll talk about it some be merciful to me O god be merciful to me For in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose in me. He will send from heaven and save me. He will put to shame him who tramples on me. God will send out his steadfast love and his faithfulness. My soul is in the midst of lions. I lie down amid fiery beasts the children of man, whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They set a net for my steps. 
My soul was bowed down. They dug a pit in my way, but they have fallen into it themselves. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. Awake, my glory. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is great to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Okay, let's go back now to the beginning. And and maybe you heard in there as we were going through, there is real shift in his tone or his um, what he's expressing to God as we go from the first part of the psalm to the second part of the psalm into what we might call, I don't know, second verse to us maybe of like a song. Um, but we right, can talk about these that when we get there. Were. Mm-hmm. If this is their hymn book, would be used in worship. And so, if we think about it, sometimes as songs, just like up in the superscript, it says mm-hmm. uh, to the choir master, according to "Do Not Destroy." Yes. So that may have been a common tune. Mm-hmm. Could have been uh, something that people already knew, or chant so pattern, tune, or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so they so would know that. Able to use it. So these refrains it. in verses five and eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would be like. You know, we Our have chorus, refrain, yes. whatever and we want to call it. things that we remember it. and we mm-hmm. maybe get to that part and we know all the words. We sing that part louder. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So um, as we go up then to verse one, watch, we're going to hear that tone again. It's going to be a little bit different than when we get to the end. But here at the first, he's really just pouring out his heart, asking for uh-huh. God right. to help him. During really this desperate time, and crying out. And yep. Right. Yes. So he starts with that be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me. So yes. doubling up on the be merciful, be merciful idea. And that word itself would mean uh, to stoop in kindness to an inferior, strictly. That's what that mercy idea like he's is. Bending down. Mm-hmm. Please right. bend down. I think we've talked about this closer. before in another psalm. Yep. Exactly, that same thing. So that's what he's asking God to bend down to him, to see him, to in even though he's so inferior, if God would uh, show some kind of deference to him, that's what he's really crying out for. And so we've got God right there in the middle. Um, that word, of course, God is Elohim throughout this psalm. We're going to have Elohim used six times in the psalm, and then once we're going to have the shortened form L use, which is in verse 2, where we have Elohim used twice. We have Elohim most high in the first part, and then we have El in the second part of verse 2, to God who fulfills his purposes for me. Um, and so we've got... It's hard so, for us so, to see in English, but... Right. But altogether, then, we've got seven times that either Elohim or El is used in the psalm. But then also, Peter Craigie... Uh, and Marvin Tate in the second volume of Word Biblical Commentary on the Psalms point out that there are 22 occurrences in this Psalms of either God's name or pronouns that refer to God. And so, in other, in other words, either formally or kind of sort of what we might call informally, um, either his name or the pronoun, 
22 times used in this psalm. So a very, you know, I mean, if you've heard us talk about numbers very much, you know, 22 is the number of letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And so they use that number a lot. It would have become important. It was very important to them. Yeah. So poetic, again, in that way, you can see the mastery of the poetry here, um, let alone the meaning of the psalm that's coming through. So now we go on. For in you my soul takes refuge. He has placed his heart, his soul, uh, into God's hands. This is what he knows. He's uh, this is really his only recourse. I mean, uh, right. you know, where else? It's all of us where are else our to only go? recourse. Really. Yeah, yeah. We feel like it isn't, but really, maybe we get in our desperate moments, we start realizing, no, I got nowhere to turn but him. He's got to help me. In the shadow of your wings. I will take refuge. Mm-hmm. Again, that metaphor that we've heard more right. than just once throughout Psalms like and throughout Scripture. Yep, like God is a mama bird. We're just like um, a baby bird here mm-hmm. underneath the wings and being protected and yep. cared for, Even, hidden, mm-hmm. hidden from um, predators. And mm-hmm. Yep. Even Jesus uses this kind of imagery in Luke whenever mm-hmm. he's That's saying right. he's tried so often to... Um, to shelter Jerusalem in that way, but they wouldn't have it right. like a like a mom and bird sort of. Uh, mm-hmm. would. And so here we get that again. This is where you know that kind of imagery. God has been associated with that for a while, for a long time. So till the storms of destruction pass by. Well, that's pretty. I mean, <laughs> the imagery very here very descriptive. Yeah. Storms yeah. of destruction. Which I don't know. We under we know what that. Maybe we, being in the living in the um, in Tornado Alley here, as it were, um, right. really have pictures in our minds whenever we talk about storms of destruction. Yeah. It's pretty easy to imagine uh, what we're talking about, and so so when you think about just the power of a storm that can absolutely just wipe towns off of the map, um, and then you think about how David feels so oppressed mm-hmm. and uh, completely, you know, at the at the will of this thing. How is he going to get out of this? This storm of destruction is coming. Um, and yet he's trusting God right. to keep him. He's taking refuge passes. in him yeah. and then crying out mm-hmm. to God again. Yeah. I cry out to God most high. Mm-hmm. God most high. Uh, it's a great little way of talking about God. I probably should have looked up how many times that's used in scripture. It's not used that much. Um, actually, but uh, for it to be used here, and I can tell you for sure it is used in when Abraham meets Melchizedek, and Melchizedek is a priest of God God most most high. Um, That's the first time we see it used ever, Mm -hmm. and so there's our first mention. It continues to come out a few more times in scripture, not very much, and so for it to be used here uh, is kind of interesting, because David, our obviously has associated this this title has been associated clearly with the god that david worships and so to god who fulfills his purpose in me and so we can certainly hear some trust in there right in verse two i think he he does fulfill his purposes in me you're going to put your trust in the one who you know is not going to let go of you until his purposes are complete for you and so, yes, this storm of destruction is coming, but I'm going to trust the God who's always caused me to 
to be able to fulfill whatever he's wanted me to fulfill. Things don't get in the way. Things can't sideline his plan. I want to trust him because he's the one who will truly uh, keep me in and fulfill all his purposes in me. And there's a great thing to be said about that. I mean, I just, not to put, I don't want to go on about it too much, but this idea that we have a purpose here Mm -hmm. and that God wants us to fulfill our purpose. It's in his full desire that we fulfill our purposes and that he works in us to fulfill those purposes. So many people go through life wondering if they even have a purpose at all here. And we hear David's assurance. David seems to have a reassurance in his heart about this and about the God who will make sure that it happens in him. And what a wonderful thing to have as you're going through life to be able to trust that God, no matter what your life looks like or how desperate times seem to be, there is a God who is fulfilling his purpose in you, who's not going to let you go. Um, And And there's peace in that. Yeah. I think that's what this is. This gives him peace to be able to say that he's crying out, but he knows that God has a purpose for his life. Yes. And it's not always being rich and famous. Right. Right. That doesn't mean. I mean, I think a lot of times when we think that, oh, well, he has some wonderful, you know, purpose that I'll be. What's his purpose for me? And and it usually involves, (laughs) yes, crowds of thousands yelling our name. Yeah, exactly. That's right. (laughs) But that's. I just don't know what my purpose is. His purpose, maybe. Mm-hmm. to go through a lot of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. What if what if your primary purpose? I mean, and it would be sad of us to say that people who lived in what the world calls obscurity mm-hmm. had never fulfilled their too bad yeah. that they hadn't been able to fulfill their purpose. <laughs> so only enough. the people that we know their names from history. That's right. Had a purpose. And were the ones who were purposefully right. achieving the goals God had for them. Surely, surely we know better than that. Hopefully we know better than that. Um but yes, I think that's uh, that idea. I think we need to grab onto and really hold on to. Uh, verse three: He will send from heaven and save me. He will put to shame him who tramples on me. He will send out his steadfast love and his faithfulness. Mm-hmm. You can see the send on either side there mm-hmm. in verse three, and the uh, middle being: He will put to shame him who tramples on me. So there will be justice. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, and this idea of trampling on me—we mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. that just in verse. Yeah, it, I mean, in, in our last ver, uh, last Psalm, verse Psalm, verse fifty-six, Psalm fifty-six, <laughs> verse one and two, um, uh-huh. use the word trample there, and so now we've got it again uh, in Psalm fifty-seven verse 3 and we're talking about again the ones who are being who are trampling on the psalmist uh, which is what he was talking about in Psalm 56 so so yeah absolutely he feels completely trampled on he feels like they're just stomping on him and uh, what a terrible feeling that would be but Uh, we've all kind of been there and I love this imagery of he will send from heaven and save me yes and he will send out his steadfast love and his faithfulness yes Dispatching mm-hmm. an army mm-hmm. to come save you, or you know, yeah. I don't know. It's that idea I think of. Oh yeah, uh, I agree. Um, and it is very much that's the way I pictured it. His sending is his sending those who are in his authority to come right. to he your has aid. Full is command, I, yeah, and he can send out the mm-hmm. help that we need. And yeah. then, of course, this steadfast love and faithfulness. Mm-hmm. This is again Hesed. And um, 
that faithfulness. It's you could say your kindness and truth mm-hmm. in yeah. place of those two words here. Yeah, I saw that several times as I was reading. So yep, um, I, I Hesed and Emeth go together mm-hmm. so often throughout Scripture, um, and so good for us to kind of kind of note when we're seeing that. That is a very normal association. You put both of those with God, yes. Hesed and faithfulness. You know. Steadfast love and faithfulness, steadfast love and faithfulness. We see it all the time throughout Scripture. Ultimately, it points back to God's own self-description of Himself back right. in chapter 34 of Exodus, where He's talking to right. Moses. But, right, where He says, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Right there. And it goes on from mm-hmm. there, of course, beautifully. But mm-hmm. um, this, I said it could be kindness and truth. And that's true, but this isn't just like a normal kindness no, that right. we do. Not even. This is supernatural. Yes. Kindness and love. Straight from God. And faithfulness. That's right. Truth. So. Yeah. So uh, we will see these brought together again before we're done with this psalm. Um, the steadfast love and the faithfulness, which is right now what he's trusting will be sent from God, although at this point in the psalm, it hasn't yet been done, but he's he really he trying to trust that this will is what's going to happen. But right now, my soul is in the midst of lions. <laughs> yeah. I lie down amid fiery beasts who are, apparently, the way this is written, the children of man, mm-hmm. whose teeth are spears yep. and arrows, mm-hmm. and whose tongues are sharp swords. And there we have, yeah. The teeth and the tongues, that word at the end of verse four is actually, or at the, I'm sorry, the end of the second line, I lie down amid fiery beasts. Even that word is really very strictly to lick and it's usually used with fire. Yeah. So lick it like licking flames. Yeah. Not a nice little puppy lick. Right. No, (laughs) exactly. So even the lick, but he stops it. You know, he gives us that, just the licking word. There's really not the word beast is not there, but they're giving it to us because of that parallel with lions right above it. But strictly we've got licking ones, uh, something like that, or licking things or licking like fire things, uh, but just licking. So we've got lick, teeth, uh, tongues, uh, all used here in the same thing. He is he is amidst these lions who are, and their mouths are just coming at him. But like you said, it's a metaphor for these children of men, these people right. who are, are against him. They're not just hurting him physically, right. but their words are damaging. Right. And going to tear him apart. Deadly. Yeah, um, so it feels I like I think that. we know that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's our words that uh, that really do the most damage to anybody, or that do the most damage to us. Others' words, um, so important for us to remember the mouths of our enemies, um, and and we feel like that. We feel just like he does when we're being viciously maligned by people, and we don't know why. Right, and it's no um, surprise that. James talks about how trolling our tongue, tongue yeah. how powerful it is because it is like these fiery beasts, mm-hmm. lions. Mm-hmm. Yes, ripping people apart. That's what it does. Um, so that's where he 
he gets to the end of verse four and he's given this desperate this ugly description of what it's like to be where he is right now and then he gets to verse five which is our first use of that refrain that we talked about be exalted O god above the heavens let your glory be above all the earth really asking for god to in every way be exalted be lifted up acknowledged by people everywhere uh-huh. for his greatness yes greatness and his glory yes. that's right so let all recognize your greatness and your glory because that will lead to of course an eradication of the troubles that we suffer right. down here there can be that kind of acknowledgement so first refrain done verse five then we move straight to verse six and we have what david dorsey calls uh, our report of deliverance which yes. i think is probably a good way to see it because what he's saying in verse six is that sure enough um god has done away with that which has tried to uh, derail me or take yeah. me away or uh, overcome me destroy me they set a net they these are just the ones who've been the children him. of man these yep. people that are like lions and beasts and- that's right they set a net for my steps my soul was bowed down they dug a pit in my way but they have fallen into it themselves mm-hmm. again poetic just justice of the yes. psalms which so and and throughout scripture it's poetic justice I and mean, god is very much a god of uh punishment fits crime right. throughout scripture he's very very big on that and so to see that coming out again here that's what happened they dug a pit uh in my way but they fell into it they're right. the ones who fell into their own pit and i can't help but here i think is a perfect place to talk about this but we've been talking about david mm-hmm and what he's been going through, this persecution that Saul mm-hmm. is bringing upon him, but also and how he's being hunted down. Right. Um. And we and we can often relate to this oh, ourselves sure. when we're. Yeah. I, I'm sure in smaller ways, but still we mm-hmm. feel like everything's against us. Everybody is against us. Yep. We're being persecuted sometimes. But even bigger, when I read this, I just hear Jesus. Oh yeah. Uh, because this is exactly the Pharisees were plotting to kill him. Mm-hmm. They were following him around everywhere. Yes. Laying traps for him. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they dug a pit, but they for him, but they themselves fell into. That's it. right. Yes. And so, yeah, even and even in the spiritual world, it's what happens, according to right. Paul and you know Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 where he's talking about how it was the it was the powers of darkness that were actually put on display that day on the cross not not jesus wasn't shamed that day it wasn't put on display in an ugly display it was uh, in in the spiritual world it was they who were put on an ugly display and we see that all through scripture Mm -hmm. if you just read stories just think about it for just a minute when you read stories in the bible Mm -hmm. how many of them this is exactly what happens yes what evil people meant for evil yep god means for good he turns it on yep and even the ones who meant for it to be used for evil wind up having its evil effects affect them instead of god's chosen yeah so then verse seven does this major turn now we're getting this major turnaround into the second second half of the psalm where everything is 
been made well by God. God has reached down and has touched the situation and things are put in place as they it's should more be. more in a present tense. Yep. Yep. My heart is steadfast, oh God. Yep. My heart is steadfast. Mm-hmm. I was seeing and make melody. Yes. Notice how he started verse 7 and it mirrors the very the first line of verse 7 mirrors the first line of verse 1. Yes. Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. Those sound alike. I mean, we're supposed to hear. This is supposed to be our beginning part of what we might call the mirror of the first half of the psalm. And so it does set. Now we can see for sure that verse 6 is set apart. Verse 6 is different. Uh, because it's sitting there to let us know God did reach down and has taken care of everything. So now I've officially started my last part of the psalm, my third part, A-B-A part. Uh, and so I'm, I'm now I can walk through this and, and really hear how God has answered the prayer. That, that steadfast word there, I just looked it up. Mm-hmm. I didn't do this before because mm-hmm. I was wondering what that word was. And it's actually a word that means erect or stand uh, up. Okay. And I, it always takes me back to Cain mm-hmm. when God was talking to him and he said, Why are you so downcast? Okay. Lift mm-hmm. up your face. Yep. And this is my heart is standing up okay erect yes oh god i'm i'm looking up mm-hmm. i see that that is awesome i actually. really like that I just had to... my heart has stood up yes my heart is erect my heart has stood up um oh god that is really actually <laughs> when we start thinking about solving in typological sense now of course yes. it becomes very very interesting yes. because we're gonna because then we get into the words awake in the very next Doesn't this Um, sound like this whole thing like a Jesus? We can hear Jesus come. Once we start hearing it, it's very hard to turn it off. Oh, oh, they dug a pit. They dug a pit. But but they've fallen into themselves. But now, suddenly, they fell into it themselves. And now, my heart is ripped. He stood up. Yep, exactly. He stood up. and I will sing my melody. Awake, my glory. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. And who awakes the dawn? <laughs> for sure, right? Yeah. It's a very poetic way of talking for David, but truly it finds its great fulfillment as always, as Jesus told us, only in him. Uh, and so even the words awake, 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 you have to put your mind in that place where there has to be something to sleep to be woke up. I mean, it's very much, this is Jesus as he's now completely awakened um, after death and all is overcome. Uh, All of his enemies are overcome and he is being exalted. Uh, I think the first time that I read this through this time, I thought, well, I can't wait to get up and watch the sun come up and Mm. praise God. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that's here somewhere. But this is more. Yeah, yeah, it's greater, greater than that. As as wonderful as that can be, and it can yes. you can see some great glory of God at those moments. But um, but yeah, this is pointing something so much bigger. Verse nine: I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the all, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. Um, so, I'm all people. There will be every place and all people will know through me that yes. you are the one, uh, mm-hmm. Lord, who, 
who truly comes to our rescue. This word for Lord is not the word Yahweh that we see so often in Scripture. No, you can notice that it's not in all caps. Right. So So this is the word Adonai um, that uh, is used sometimes um, in place of that and used throughout. But by Jesus's day, they're not pronouncing. Many people are not pronouncing the name Yahweh, certainly not as they read Scripture. And instead, they start putting the name Adonai, putting the word Adonai every time they see the name Yahweh. And so we can hear, we see that here. They mean him, but that's not what they're using here. For your steadfast love is great to the heavens, verse 10, your faithfulness to the clouds. It's that steadfast love and faithfulness together again, again, even though they're separated by Mm -hmm. um, a few words here, Mm -hmm. the thought is together. Yep. Yep. I love this for your steadfast love is great to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Yes. In other words, there's no end. Immeasurably, to it. yes. Immeasurably great. Just goes on and on. No way to there'd be no way to get to the to reach the Infinite. end or the top of it or whatever you want to say. Um, but yeah, just another again, the mirror here that goes with um the end of verse three, right. steadfast love and faithfulness. Um, we're seeing the steadfast love and faithfulness here. And what we will miss out on, what we can necessarily miss out on now, is a mirror of verse 4. Right. It's um, gone. Because that's her, yeah. The enemies gone. are eradicated. Yes, exactly. Gone completely. So we can move right into the exaltation of God again uh, that we saw in verse 5. Right. Now we're going to get again in verse 11. This refrain uh, that we can sing loud because mm-hmm. we know it. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all of you. Mm-hmm. So that's how we end with God being raised up, lifted up above all things. Um, yeah. Beautiful song. Just as we've walked through it, I've seen it as even more messianic than I did when I was going through it the first time. Oh, so, excellent. Uh, it's just a beautiful picture of Jesus mm-hmm. yeah. to me. Yeah. And of and, course, as, we. Which is what we're supposed we live to see in him and in his likeness so mm-hmm. we experience mm-hmm. these things too david was a type of of jesus and mm-hmm. so he lived through this too all pointing to jesus yes man that's beautiful well i i have a more of an appreciation for it after we've gone through it i know um mm-hmm. than i had before and so i really i see the beauty of it now on some literary levels but i also especially see looking through it to see Jesus and what he's done um, and that awake awake there boy that's beautiful um, especially as you tied in with that stand up the standing yes. up um, idea in verse 7 so I'm great awesome God showed me that <laughs> yeah for sure we should thank the Lord for really taking us deeper in this word and showing us that so um, we'll do Psalm 72 next man we're going to jump over the 60s completely folks believe it or and not and there's some good stuff there right. so. yeah, yeah there is so don't yeah <laughs> don't think we're we're only hitting the good ones um, of course uh, there's no you could dig into each one of these and get much more than we're getting out of them in this short podcast uh, and I would encourage you to do that and stay in it for a while. Let God show you what He has for you. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna look at the last the last Psalm in Book Two 
of Psalms is what this is going to be. Last Psalm in book two, so number 72. We will look forward to talking to you next time. We really appreciate you listening to us, sharing your podcast, whatever you can do. Thank you again for the time that you give us, and we will just be joining you again in a few days. So God bless.